comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. So for the past weeks, I've been teaching on overcoming stagnation in life. Overcoming stagnation in life. Overcoming stagnation in life. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse number 6. The Bible said, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. You have dwelt long enough in this mount. And then chapter 2 and verse 3. 2 and 3. He says, And the Lord spake unto me, saying, You have come past this mountain long enough. Turn you not what? Turn you not what? You need to understand that as a child of God, stagnation is not your portion. Amen. Can somebody give me a better amen? amen? Stagnation is never supposed to be your portion. A life of continuous progress and advancement is the portion of those who are saved and sanctified. Once you give your life to Christ, you are called the justified. The Bible said, having been freely justified by his grace. So you are justified. To be justified is to be made just. It's to be handled or treated as if you have never committed anything. All the guilt and the offenses against you have been written off. You have been justified. Now, having been justified, God ordains you for a life of continuous progress. Somebody say a life of continuous progress. Oh, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 8. He said, the path of the just. Somebody say, I'm the just. My path is ordained to shine brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. The new kingdom says, your path is ordained to shine brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. This one says, our light is ordained to shine more and more onto a perfect day. So, you are supposed to see continuous progress. You will see progress. Every stagnation in your life shall be over from this month. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, when you are in business as a child of God, you must see progress. When you enter a relationship, it must see progress. In your marriage, you must see progress. In your finances, you must see progress. And I declare unto you that henceforth, progress shall be continuous. Progress shall be unabated. The Bible said, brethren, we like Isaac. We like Isaac. So if you are born again, Isaac is supposed to be your brethren. Why? Because Isaac was a seed of Abraham. How was Isaac's life like? The Bible said Isaac began to make progress. In the book of Genesis chapter 26 and the verse number 12 all the way to 13. Genesis 26, verse 12, all the way to 13, the New King James Version. The Bible said the man began to prosper and continuing prospering until he became very prosperous. Can you see that? 
that is a life of continuous progress. The man began, continued until he became very prosperous. If this is not progress, I don't know what you call this. When you start your journey with God as a child of God, you must continue growing until you have grown. Receive grace to grow spiritually. So when we talk about progress, we are talking about progress and continuity and advancement in all fears of life. In your finances, in your spiritual life, you don't have to be at the same spot. One year continuous as a spiritual man. If you are growing and you are growing in your knowledge of God, you should not be at the same spot spiritually. The scriptures you knew last year, they must be more in a new year. Praise God. You enter a new year, no new scripture is added to your scriptural bank. You are not growing. You are stagnated spiritually. The tongue you started speaking when you first received Holy Ghost baptism is the same tongue you have been speaking for seven years. You are not growing. You are stagnated. And I pray that beginning from now and all through this month, a frenzy for progress will be your portion. Can somebody give me a believing amen here? Give me a believing amen here. And we saw a typical picture of stagnation in the book of John chapter 5 and verse number 5 to 9. John chapter 5. New King James says, Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity 38 years. When When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The same question is coming to you. And I see you getting well. Amen. The man, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that was the Sabbath. That day was the Sabbath. Praise God. You are getting well this month. Every stagnation, every sickness in your life is giving way. You are becoming completely well. Financially well. Job-wise, it shall be well with you. Spiritually, you are getting well. Can somebody give me a believing amen here? Now, this man had been in a condition for a long time. Condition. Condition of joblessness. Condition of lack of progress. Condition of stagnation for a long time. That's what we call stagnation. 38 years. And we said, we began this teaching by establishing that every object, according to Newton's law of motion, he says, every object will continue in a permanent state of rest until some force is applied to it. Every object will continue in a permanent state of rest until a force is applied to it. So what are the spiritual forces required for us to see uh, progress or overcome stagnation in our lives? One of the first forces we touched on was the force of thanksgiving and praise. Somebody say the force of thanksgiving and praise. The force of thanksgiving and praise. Can you say it louder? The force of thanksgiving and praise. It's a force. The force of thanksgiving and praise. There are many people who don't know how to live a thankful life and a praiseful life as a lifestyle. I'm not talking about the one we do in church or the one we just did. No, I'm talking about when it's become your lifestyle like it was for the man called David. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's a lifestyle. At all times. Every circumstance. I will bless the Lord at all times. First 
Thessalonians 5.18. He said, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. David was speaking, he said, uh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Every day I will bless your name. I will praise your name forever and ever. That's a lifestyle. Somebody say a lifestyle. No, you see, when praise and thanksgiving becomes your lifestyle, higher altitudes becomes a natural part of your life. You move, you change level constantly. Why? Jeremiah 30 verse 19. He said out of them, Jeremiah 30 19, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry and I will multiply them and they shall not be small. I, they shall not be few. I will glorify them also and they shall not be small. That's how people change level. You want to change level, be thankful. If you can't appreciate God for this level, he won't change you to the next level. Am I communicating somebody here? If you can't, you can't. And as long as you complain against God, things remain complicated for you. Permanently complicated. Business complicated. Finances complicated. Relationship complicated. May you receive grace to be thankful. Amen. I said, may you receive grace to be thankful. Then we talked about the force of prayer. Somebody say the force of prayer. Yeah, prayer is a force that must be engaged tirelessly if you must see progress in your life. Prayer is a force. He said, men ought to pray and not to faint. He said, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. The situation is not changing. Fight it with prayer. The woman went and said, avenge me of my adversary. And she kept going. Kept going until he says, I don't fear God. Nor do I regard man. But this woman is weary me by her continual coming. He arose and gave her justice. Justice is coming to you. Amen. I said judgment is coming to you. Amen. And then of course, we touch on the force of wise counsel. Somebody say the force of wise counsel. You want to make progress. Value wise counsel. Value wise counsel. Wise counsel comes to you every week. Sunday's wise counsel is coming to you. Wednesday's wise counsel is coming to you. And then those of you who fail to work with Sunday and Wednesdays, sometimes when we have some time, we still sit you down and give you counsel. Why? Because the word of God is full of counsel. David said, thy word is my counselor. God's word gives us counsel. When we learn to work with the counsel the word of God gives there is no multitude of counselors that's better than the word of God. Praise God. That's it. Wise counsel. Wise counsel. Value it. Seek it. And work with it. That's what we touched on. And then last week we talked about the force of vision. Somebody say the force of vision. Or say louder. The force of vision. You see, vision is the ability to see beyond your present circumstances. You can easily commit suicide if you look at your present circumstance. In fact, Abraham came to the point of doing something like that. He said, Lord, how can this Eliezer be my heir? I can't see a future. My life is stagnated. There is no clear way ahead for me. Eliezer is going to be my heir. My heir. God said, Abraham, you need to see a fresh vision. Come out of your tent. He brought him out. He said, look at the stars. Begin to count them. If you can count them, as many as are the stars, so shall your children be. Then the Bible said, when Abraham saw, he believed. Everything changed about him. His life took a new turn. The moment vision comes into your life, everything changes about you. 
you don't talk hopeless again, you begin to talk hope. You don't talk, uh, m- uh, what do you call, sadness again. You, you look joyful, you become excited, enthusiastic about life. Energetic, you begin to live a life of meaning. Receive grace to walk in vision. Give me a believing amen. amen. Tonight, I don't know whether I should call it a force or a weight, but I think it's a weight. But force in physics is also weight. Weight is also physics, uh, a force. Praise God. Gravity is, uh, uh, force is equal to mass times gravity. No, so. Yeah. Praise God. Weight. Weight is also the same thing. I think weight is mass times gravity or something like that. Praise God. So, what I'm looking at is actually not something that advances you. It actually stagnates you. That's why I don't want to call it a force. But I'm just looking at it in the context of weight. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing, Hebrews 12 1, Therefore, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, King James, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Somebody say every weight. Every weight. Say every weight. every weight. He said every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race before us. I'm looking tonight at the weight. Let's forget about the sin. Let's focus on the weight. Praise God. There are things that stagnate people in life and they are not bad per se, but they keep people at one spot for a long time. And when you look at this man for 38 years, he was at one spot. And one of those things was the thing that kept him at one place. Other forces were being added to him. There were forces of testimony. Other people, he was sitting there. He said, I see people coming by past me and they go and get healed. So, if people entered the water and they were healed and he saw it, that should have been inspiring his faith. But he was still at the same spot. For many years, he was at one spot. So, tonight, we are focusing on overcoming stagnation by dealing Overcoming stagnation by dealing appropriately with the weight of excuses. Somebody say the weight of excuses. Say the weight of excuses. Excuses. Jesus met him. He said, will you be made well? What did he say? 5 verse 6 and 7. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? He was so used to excuses, he couldn't even find the right answer for him. Do you want to be made well? Ask your neighbor, do you want to be well? Because most of the time, we are always thinking that the key to awareness is outside. But I want you to know that for most of the things, the key to your awareness is within you. Praise God. It's within you. It's within you. You are looking at other things. The economy, the this, the that. They have their own role to play. But when you decide to master yourself, all those other external conditions will be mastered. 
they will, they will fall in line in no time. And I see them fall in line for your sake. I said they, they are falling in line for you. They are falling in line for you. What are excuses? What are excuses? The weight of excuses. Many people have dreams and visions which may never see the light of day because of excuses. They have excuses. When we talk about excuses, what exactly do we mean? Excuses are reasons people give for their inactivity, non-performance, beha- non-performance, bad behavior, or failure. That's excuse. An excuse is reason. Reasons people advance for their inactivity, non-performance, bad behavior, or failure. When people fail, they, they are quickly looking for somebody to blame for. They give excuses. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. He said, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. That's reasons. Excuses are simply reasons. By reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and shall have nothing. The, the sluggard shall not plow by reason of the cold. Why are you not doing anything? There are no jobs. Why are you at home after school? Because there is nothing to be done. Really? Nothing to be done. You don't want to do anything. That is the main thing. The main thing is that you don't want to do anything. It's not that there is nothing to be done. If you really want to do something, you will find something to do. The last time I checked my Bible, he says, whatsoever the hand findeth to do. Most of us are looking for people to hand us things to do. Your hands must go searching and finding. Receive grace to find something to do. I said receive grace to find something to do. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Amen. People end up as failures because they don't confront excuses. Why are you not getting married? They give excuses. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not embarking on that project? Every time they have a vision, every time they have a dream. But listen, no matter how powerful your dream is, it will never become a manifestation until you get up and start acting. Excuses. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, verse 16, he said, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. Reason, reasons, 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 reasons. Why are you not growing spiritually? Oh, Pastor, lately the weather is so cold, waking up to pray is a challenge. Why are you not growing? Because of my course, I'm not able to make time to study the Bible. Why are you not growing? Why are you not coming to church? And they give multiple excuses. And you will always have them. Always have them. Why are you not coming for midweek service? Oh, sometimes we don't leave the office early. If you had money to go and receive. By whatever time, by whatever means, you will leave the office early and go and receive the money. Praise God. Excuses. Reasons. People give for their inactivity. Why are you not joining us? Reach out to souls. On Saturdays, you know, I go to work Monday to Friday. Saturday, I use it to prepare myself. Praise God. Luke chapter 16, verse 16 to 20. Why have you not read any book from January to date? Pastor, you know, Sometimes I get so tired. When I get, by the time I get to the house, I'm so tired. When I pick it, I sleep. Huh? <laughs> when you are tired and you get home, do you still make time to eat? 
In your tired state, you still eat. If you really want to read, you can read. I'm not communicating somebody here. Listen, if you live your life at the mercy of excuses, you are not going anywhere. Failures live at the mercy of excuses. Successful people confront excuses and they overcome them. I'm not communicating somebody here. It's critical. The Bible said, then he said to him, a certain man gave a supper and invited many. Look at that. And send the servant at supper time to come to those who are invited. Come, all things are now ready. They all, somebody say they all. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. I like the word. They all with one accord began to make excuses. Let's hear them. You see, excuses are sometimes illogical. They are not just reasons. Illogical reasons. The reason why I didn't want to use illogical reasons is because sometimes the people rendering the excuse, they see it as logical reasons why they shouldn't perform. But most excuses are illogical reasons. If the people, that's why when people give excuses and you confront them, you, call, you force them to think, they begin to see loopholes in the excuses they are giving. Then they say, I, I don't want to give any excuse. I don't want to give any excuse. I'm telling you. I tell, I tell, I see it all the time. People start by giving excuses. When you tell them, one, two, three, pastor, I really don't want to give any excuse. It's because there's no substance. There's no wisdom in the excuse you're about to give. That's all. Look at them. He said, then the first man said, what is the excuse? I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excuse. When do you inspect a piece of ground? After you pay for it? or after, I know fools pay for it before they go and inspect. But wise people, they inspect and inspect and inspect and inspect and make sure that all the papers on it are clear before. The payment is the last thing to do. I have bought it and I'm going to inspect it. So I'm sure all the papers, documentation, he didn't even have them. I remember a couple of months ago, a gentleman said he was going to buy a land and uh, had bought the land. And he was now going to check them with the papers. <laughs> then I understood this man that it's not only in Bible times. Yeah. Buy a land and go and inspect it in Ghana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible said, another said, I have bought five yoke of ozen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excuse. This one goes to a car dealership and buys five different cars. Buys Ford, buys Mercedes, buys BMW, buys whatever car. And then lines them up. And he says, my excuse is that I bought it already. Paid for them. And I'm going to now inspect them. If you have ever sold a car before, then you know what, how sometimes people buy cars. Praise God. They will try it and try it and try it. Some people even come and take the car and send it to their mechanic to go inspect it before they give you the money. This one paid for it before he now came back to test it. That's why, how you see excuse. The fourth one said, still another said, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. <laughs> Praise God. I've married a wife. I've married a wife. If you know something about newlyweds or newly married, they go everywhere. They go everywhere. Go when they marry, they want to go everywhere because they want to showcase and market what is going on. 
Make people see that they have changed status. Their level has changed. They are no longer single, so they go everywhere. Funerals that concern them, they go. Funerals that don't concern them, they go. Parties that concern them, they go. They go everywhere. But this man is saying, you know what? I cannot come because I have married. Praise God. That's how you see the illogicality of excuses. Six ways excuses can make you stagnated in life. Six ways. One, excuses exonerate you from accepting personal responsibility for your failure in life. The reason why people give excuses is because they don't want to accept personal responsibility. They don't. They don't. Because the moment you can find someone to blame, then it frees you or you feel exonerated from whatever must have happened. You feel that you are not, you are not liable. Excuses makes you feel free that you are not liable from personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Personal. For 36 years, he sat at one place and his constant statement was that, I have no man. 38 years at one spot. Because just he has shifted the responsibility of getting into the water to another person. If you look at me, it's, I'm here because I have no man. Why have you not finished SHS? Why have you not continued school? Oh, it's because I come from a very poor background. My mother didn't have anything. And, and at your stage, having grown up to this point, you still have not made strategic plan to advance your life. When you were a child, we can accept that your parents can take the responsibility for your failures and for what happened to you. But at 20, at 18, you are still referring to what your parents did. Listen, you are an utter failure. You are not a failure, hear me, until you can find someone to blame for it. You are not a failure in life until you can find someone to blame for it. That's when failure starts. If you can find someone to blame for your failure, then you are a total failure. But when you see that whether you succeed or you fail, it's a matter of your personal responsibility. Your attitude towards life will be different. Whether you be poor or not, it's not uh, uh, the economy of Ghana that will determine it. it. It's predicated on personal choices and decisions. Praise God. Look at the one talent man, the man who received one talent. Matthew 25. 25 verse 24 to 25. He said, then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. <laughs> Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid I went and hid the tal your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. That's it. Shifted responsibility. Why did you two trade with it? I thought you would even, even if you was making a legitimate excuse, you gave someone five, you gave another two, you gave me one. Because what you gave me was small. That one can even make be a more sensible. He said, I know you. <laughs> I know you to be a wicked man. Really? The wicked man is the one who gave you a talent. He gave you something in spite of his wickedness. He gave you something. If he was that wicked, will he even give you anything at all? I know you to be a wicked man. What has that got to do with trading? What has that got to do with investment? I know you to be. I know you to be. Number two, excuses blinds you to great opportunities for advancement in life. 
it blinds you to great. When you make a lot of excuses, eh? when great opportunities come, you won't even see them. This man had been living with the excuse, I have no man, I have no man, I have no man. The savior of the universe, the greatest physician of all times, the healer of all healers, stood by him and asked him, do you want to be well? And instead of telling him, sir, I want to be well, he said, I have no man. He, the excuse has become, he's become so used to it. So by reflex action, excuse came. Instead of asking appropriately, this is the savior of the universe, the healer of, the, of healers, the greatest physician of all times. He's asking, do you want to be well? The answer is, yes, I want to be well. And he was given an excuse. It came without any hesitation. It just came. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Blinds you. Great opportunities. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, it said, a great and effectual door is open unto me and there are many adversaries. Great. 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 Most of the time, charismatic believers, Christians, will, will rather pray and, and open doors. When the doors open, Sometimes you don't even have to pray for the doors to be open. The doors are open, just entering there, they're making excuses. They can even pray for the doors to be open. When they open, instead of entering, they are still standing in front and talking plenty. That's when they begin to sit down and calculate all the risk. The door has opened. Now they are now seeing the risk associated with it. So when you are praying for the open doors, you didn't know open doors come with risk. Blinds you to great opportunities in life. Number three, excuses stifles creativity and innovation. It stifles it, stifles it, stifles creativity and innovation. If you are going to go far in life, if you are going to succeed and become all that God will have you become, you must learn to be creative and innovative. Praise God. Somebody say creative and innovative. You see, the seed of creativity is in you. You were made in the image of God. The creator God made you. And he has put his seed in you. So the seed of creativity. That's why for the newly born, the, the born again child of God, there is no way you must be stagnated at any one point at all. Stifles creativity, innovation. Look at this man. Who, he receives the talent. And there he carries the talent. The man said, he, was, he said, I was afraid. Verse 25. I was afraid and went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. I went and I hid it in the ground. Now let's look at verse 26. Verse 26. But his Lord said unto him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have no sown and gather where I have no scattered seed. Verse 27. He said, so you ought to have deposited my money with bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Now hear me. This, you would have thought that you bury money at a place where there are no banks. But at this time, there were banks. The guy could have put the money there. Lack of innovation and creativity. Couldn't think of a possible way to generate profit out of it. That's why he buried it. Because he could not think of a possible way, a possible way to put it to use. No matter how little. The owner of the talent told him, if you had put it in the bank, even within one month, I would have gotten some one CD. But because he was lazy 
and compounded with wickedness. He just put everything together in the form of excuse. So I know you to be a wicked man. Knowing that I'm a wicked man does not freeze your brain. That as, as old as, and as orderly as you are, take money and bury it in the ground. Now, while you are burying it in the ground, what if somebody spotted you on a tree? And as soon as you finished, he came and picked it up. You told him, he said, there you have what you gave me. I put it in the ground. <laughs> he was lucky enough that when he went to show the man, it was said that in all probability, <laughs> somebody would have seen it somewhere and would have picked the moment he finished. Now, he digs around, picks it, and off he goes. And that person will really celebrate. One talent you have buried. Another is sharing testimony about it. <laughs> Praise God. Stifles creativity and innovation. For 38 years at one place. Creativity. Just walk. I mean, you could do something. If you can't walk, you what? If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, you crawl. But by all means, a wise man said, keep moving. Keep moving. 38 years. I don't know how far the pool was. But if you started to crawl 38 years, you reach. Oh. You reach. You reach. You reach. You are sitting down there. The day I get 10,000 Ghana City, I'll do this. Listen, you will never get it. Never. What are you going to get it? 5,000 came. 2,000 came. And you, you used it on some. You are looking for 10,000. Listen. People who have not learned to handle 1,000 never get 10,000. Praise God. He who is faithful in the least is faithful in much. That's how God deals with people. Number four, excuses kill positive initiatives. Positive initiatives. Somebody say positive initiatives. No positive initiative. No positive. This man sat down there. And all he could do was to beg for money. He was just sitting 38 days, eight, eight years, begging for money. No positive initiative. Sitting at one place. Sat there, sat there. How could you take, think of taking money and burying it in the ground? That's negative initiative. Everything backward. May God help somebody. Amen. Number five. Excuses leads to inaction. Somebody say inaction. Inaction. Ooh, inaction. You know why you are not praying? Excuse. I put the, I set the alarm and then it blew. But I was too tired. Listen, that is a very common excuse. <laughs> in action. The man took the talent and put it in the ground. So that was all. <laughs> he never had to do anything. Others were busy trading up and down. Moving from Ghana to Ivory Coast to the... Uh, <laughs> Dubai, doing all kinds of business. He just buried it after, uh, uh, let's say, 30 minutes, putting the thing in the ground. That was all. He went and slept. No action again. In action. Excuses keeps people in a place, permanent state of inaction. Lack of responsibility, creativity, innovation, in lack of initiative. All of that come together to keep a person in a perpetual state of inaction. Praise God. When you are not responsible, you'll be kept in a state of inaction. When you lack initiative, 
you'll be kept in a place. When you are not innovative and creative, you'll, be, you'll always be at one spot and you'll be blaming others for it. He took no action. Number six, excuses will prevent you from experiencing the miraculous in your life. Somebody say excuses. They will prevent you from experiencing the miraculous in your life. The miraculous. Many people pray, but what they are supposed to do for God to move, they never do it. After prayer, it's time to move. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to move. move. Yeah, we pray. Get with every satanic force that could possibly, because there are satanic forces that can actually impede someone's quest to make progress in life. But as as powerful as they may seem in your eyes, if you are a child of God, the Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. So, satanic forces, we don't deny them. But even over satanic forces, you have great power to deal with them. All of them. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon all serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So no satanic force is strong enough to keep you at one place if you don't want to be. No. Excuses. You will never experience the miraculous. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 7, verse 3 to 8, the Bible says, Now there were four men with leprosy, sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Whilst we sit here waiting to die, they ask each other, verse 4, he says, we will starve if we stay here. But we, with the famine in the city, we will starve if you go there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. And if they let us leave, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. Somebody say, would have died anyway. <laughs> when you live your life ready to live or die, that's when you begin to make progress. When you fear death, you don't make progress. When you fear life, you also don't make progress. You must fear neither of them. The Bible says, whosoever will come after me must hate himself, hate his family, and hate his own life. He cannot be my disciple. The people who really make super progress in life, whether it's finances, listen, the people who make wild investments, eh? They don't do men's gold and men's gold chop their money and they close their mind about investment. That's not how they do it. The moment men's gold chops their money, they are crazily looking for other avenues to put whatever little is left into an investment. That's how people make money. That's how they make money. You just pay for the first time. You have not even done any investment. Your first investment was some 20,000 20, or 15,000 Ghana and you put it there and it's gone. Oh, all the... I don't think you can trust any investment firm again. Let me just listen. And you are just chopping the money, chopping your destiny away. Am I communicating somebody here? Look for something else to do. They say, if you go, we die. The money is with you. You are eating it. If you go to men's God and they chop it, what is the difference? If they don't chop it too, you get returns. Am I communicating somebody here? It is with you. You are chopping it. If you put it in Gold Coast, it may be locked up wherever. But... <laughs> Am I communicating here? Life must go on. Turn to your name and say, life must go on. Listen, this is not a church you sit in and you ask God to do things for you. This is a church where we train you to work with God because God never does anything for anybody. For you, the born again, spirit filled, new creature in Christ, God doesn't do things for you. 
you take steps to do things with the help of the Holy Ghost which is at work in you. I'm not communicating here. God doesn't do things for anybody here. God is not waiting to do anything for anybody. All that he will do, he has done already. What you need to do is to accept your position and then take steps. And then he will honor your faith. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. That's how it works. He said, if we sin, we die. If you move, we die. Then they said, we will move. Even lepers had sense to make progress. Lepers had sense and they made progress. And with all your legs working, your hands working, you send text to somebody, give me uh, 50 Ghana. You send another WhatsApp, can I get 10 Ghana? Listen, stop disgracing yourself. You are older and you are better than this. You are smarter than that. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the code. Therefore, he shall beg in harvest. People who make excuses are always begging. Every time they beg. Every time they beg. If somebody is begging you for things here, left, right, center in this church, mind the person. Don't mind the person. It's not correct. That's not the spirit of this house. I'm not communicating here. No, 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 no. We are not beggars here. We are not raising beggars. We are raising people who help others. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? I want you to pray. I don't know what excuse you are dealing with, whether it's in your spiritual life, in your relationship, whatever excuse you are dealing with, that is keeping you at one place, keeping you stagnated. Keeping you stagnated. Whatever the excuse is, I want you to pray and say, Lord, now I know the Bible said God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all according to that which work, according to the power at work in you. Holy Spirit, tonight you are at work in me. Wonder working power. You are working in me. Bring me out of this state of inertia. Bring me out of this permanent state. Open your mouth and somebody speak to God. Lago Shagaba. And if you are sick in any part of your body, the blood still heals. The blood still brings deliverance. The blood still brings liberty. By this communion, the innovation, creativity to advance your life is coming to you. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you for healing, for wisdom. For divine strategy to move forward and to make progress. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' precious name. Pastor Afwakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor fuakwa please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor fuakwa on facebook and twitter you can also visit our website at www.faithhouse chapel.com for any other information fellowship with us this and every sunday for our two english services 6 30 a.m first service 8 45 a.m second service and on wednesdays for our word encounter service at six o'clock p.m at our church auditorium on the top floor of nana ama ejakuma plaza opposite the unity oil station santasi roundabout kumase ghana god richly bless you Bye.